0: Yeah, what I also like about it is it kind of shows the kind of filmer John is as well because I like the fact that you went back several times because that's not just a commitment on your part. That's him investing time in it as well because he's like, I believe in you. And then when you are there for an hour, an hour and a half, just try to get one trick. And, you know, sometimes it can be, you know, you only do five or six attempts in that hour and a half because you're trying to psych yourself up or it can be a ledge where you're doing 200 attempts. John seems like the kind of person that like sticks with you and just goes, no, well, like, if you're going to keep going, I'm going to keep going. Because you get some filmers or you get some friends that are just like, give it up already. Like, this isn't...
1: Yeah, it's a a bit of a stakeout that's going on for sure. Um, You know, except the stakeout isn't just sort of, Well, actually, it is a stakeout. I was going to say, you know, stakeouts about inactivity, but it's about awareness that something that you want to happen is going to go down at any given moment. So you have to be focused, you have to be committed. Um, and you have to be sort of encouraging you have to balance all of those things and also keep the camera in focus too and know that with that sort of equipment that you know you're working with there that the camera can come out of focus and you know you can get something that gets stuck to the lens and you can you, you need to hydrate yourself and you know the sun's beating down on you and you know there are lots of factors and I think as a skater who also films a lot as well which I do you know I kind of, you know, I know the solids that people, you know, have done me for whatever purpose whether it's just because they wanted to film something on their phone or whether, you know, I'm I'm doing something formal like we we're, we're working on a formal section together. We've spoken about this, you know, we've 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 agreed to just go full throttle, you know, into this yeah. and and, you know, empty our our gas tanks in in this period of time to to achieve something. You know so i i you know i know i know i know what it takes you know and um i'm appreciative of you know anybody who's like you know dedicated some minutes um to filming me and you know i will, I will i'll give back with some interest as well i mean that's one of the things that i find pressurizes to me the most when i'm skating is the idea that somebody or some people are, are, are are like waiting for me to do this or waiting for us to do this that is pressurizing you know i'm driven in that sense you know i know what you know i kind of want from my practice out skating i know what i want from my session out skating I, and when we're filming i also know what i want from that experience too you know so that's why i keep cameras close to me in terms of pointing them at my at my homies as well because you know that process of reflecting on on those moments and that work on that skills and on all of those things you know I know that my friends um not might not be as confident to ask or might not be as mindful of saying oh I want to film a part this year or I'm going to film like three parts this year I I like to 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 suggest to be suggestive and say how about you do you fancy this you know let's just do this you know I'm I'm, let me be the guy let me film you know let me let me follow you don't worry I'm on it like you don't have to worry about a whole filming anxiety of like oh you, do you mind no i don't mind i'm down like i uh, you know i'll film the shit out of you you know and so you know there's a bit of give and take i suppose when it when it go, get when it's when it's like that but you know to to round off on on finishing projects like devotion i mean yeah it's exactly what it takes it does take that commitment it takes that um yeah like agreement that we're probably going to spend quite a bit of time together and you know yeah for you to do the moves um, for, and for me to get the moves in the optimum way. And, and John was definitely a guy that, you know, if he look back at his filming and goes, Oh, you know, I'm not too stoked on that. then he's, he's going to say, look, I feel like we got a, a better one in us actually. Um, cuz you know this uh, this happened here i slipped here and and i jerked the camera a little bit or it's gone out of fo- i mean obviously if the camera goes out of focus you're fucked it's just like okay let's let's go you know yeah but yeah this is all stuff that's to do with that process you know this is all stuff that you know we we sort of have been engaged in like for the years for like years since we were kids basically so, you know, it's it's really um, it's really quite something to see where some of the guys have gone with their skills, both holding a camera and being in front of it, you know, and, and even guys like who you never thought, uh, you know, of as of being in front of the camera. Like in this recent video I did on, on um, for the bank uh, site on the spot, you got like a whole you got Tom Sharman MVP up in this bitch. <laughs> and, and so Tom's a guy who he, he walks around with the camera.
0: Yeah, yeah. you know and,
1: and so you know in 2020 it was just like all right tom's doing some stuff and he's really he's really excited you know about uh being in front of the camera right now so i like to jump on that if anybody wants to to film a part they got an idea like oh you know i was thinking of doing this or maybe we should work on a on a whatever i don't know whatever like for instance working with scott on this part um of course various ideas pop into my mind about um, you know, what it would be like to, to work with Scott a little bit more or, or get a bit closer to him and, and maybe put the camera on him a little bit, you know, so I would say that there's a likelihood of that happening,
0: you know. Nice. Um, after Devotion, you came out with the Go Project, Leon promo. Yeah. I what You were on BHC for years. What happened there?
1: Yeah, man. BHC is just that's just kind of like a family thing really in the sense of like regardless of skate spono stuff um industry stuff which is like a flimsy industry at best and that's like across the board really you know um you know these like marks like a really really close friend of mine a lot of the guys from wells and bristol you know sambo or al jones where these are like friends of mine these are guys who like i'm just cool with who i like a lot you know so my allegiances are, are to sort of people rather than you know brands as such um and i suppose like i'd just been working with mark and been working with bhc for a while mark went through a really really horrific kind of period in his life that some personal stuff um family stuff that he had to get through and essentially, you know, at the time, I think, you know, there was a reconfiguring um, just before all of that stuff happening. There was a like kind of a reconfiguring of the BHC team. And, you know, maybe at the time, like I wasn't. How do I put this? Maybe I wasn't. Maybe I wasn't skating my best. Maybe skating seemed different. Maybe. um the infrastructure of social media and my particular presence and my like commodified value or whatever stuff like that maybe wasn't um where it is right now and, and and maybe there are a range of factors contributing to that you know both like my own sense of health or where i was at with my practice and how i was trying to like you know do the moves and that kind of stuff but you know i'm basically it's a, a long-winded kind of explanation of saying I think the reconfiguring of BHC at the time was a little bit of a setback for me personally in terms of where I how much I thought I had to give in terms of skating, just as a skater, not as like homies, not as like, look, this is you know, as I explained, you know, BHC is more like a family thing. You know, I'm always going to be close to Mark and, and et cetera, et cetera, and Paul and all of the all of the guys, you know. So I think after mark had gone through this this dark period in his life you know i was working closely with jake with all things loco related you know jake again is one of my homies from virtually day one you know we're both of a similar age we've both um made our strides um in skating on a par and you know i've i've ended up respecting jake a lot for you know his establishment of loco skates as a skater one of the sickest uk skaters so, if there are any suggestions from him to like work on things related to the brand Loco, to the shop, he's supported me unequivocally for the whole time that I've had an association with Loco Skates. He's just been a good friend. And just in terms of my status as like a rider, a, a, a pro rider, you know, for whatever use that term is worth he has the, being the main guy that has really supported that for me. So he approached me really to kind of work on, uh, on the wheel with go project. And it was kind of a no brainer. You know, I'm, I'm a guy that likes to, um, you know, just keep my options open when it comes to my skate practice. Um, the hardware itself was something that I tried and fell in love with. And it was about some of the techniques that I wanted to start becoming better at you know i wanted to start improving slides i wanted to start improving my flatland technique i wanted to use slightly bigger wheels um the softness of the go project and the profile and the size 60 or the 62 for me was something i couldn't turn back from i tried it i just couldn't turn back from it and it was really um how good the the product felt and that was before there was even rumblings of of a, a wheel with my name on it as like an associate, not team rider. Cause it's not really how Jake works, but it's it's sort of like um a guest wheel kind of thing. Um, yeah,
0: because I've noticed well, like, with other Go Project stuff, yeah, he just basically gives them an upfront payment or whatever, like I'm sure, because I remember him being quite transparent about it when he started it with the Barons yeah. with like Dom and Richie and stuff like that and going, that is probably how more sponsorships could be because just giving someone free product endlessly and you may or may not get something in return just isn't a business concept that makes sense especially for skate um, companies like there's there's people that have been sponsored by skate companies for like 10 15 years and just getting free product and you're like you're not really doing much in return for this no and
1: and, you know that's when i say you know the industry uh, you know in a sense is quite flimsy i mean i don't mean that like in terms of where it's maintained and sustained strength is actually remarkable. And it's about like that desire and that trailblazing kind of energy of people like, you know, your John Julio's and and your Brian Shema's and so on and so forth. But, you know, it's, it's very, very um, touch and go as to whether that can sustain, you know, salaries and so on and so forth. I mean, look, I, I accepted that fucking a long time ago. You know, I'm, I've been a, a professional nurse for like 10 years. You know, I've been practicing as a nurse for 10 years. You know, I've been training for 13. So like I knew that there wasn't really the kind of professional sustainability, you know, um, of inline skating. So my, my associations, my sponsorships, if you will, I think prior, maybe at that time of, of BHC reconfiguring, things um going stopping with bhc essentially you know that was a, a really rich period of development for me as a skater you know in the last 5 years i'd say since i turned 30 it's just been you know a, um, a seismic kind of change in in how i practice and you know like my iq with regards to what i'm actually doing on my skates you know and so my value as like a, a sponsored person I think it came a little bit later. I mean, I, I had like a pro skate in 2004, but it was just kind of premature. And and there was just a lot about that that was just premature. It was like, you know, I'm supposed to be a pro person, a pro rider at this point, but I didn't really have, um, you know, the sorts of anchor anchors that that I would have wanted. And I had big holes in a lot of parts of my my practice that, you know, that wouldn't warrant that status you know and that was that was a long 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 time ago so you know I just think um Jake has been able constantly to kind of support me in a sense like as a pro basically right um with these sorts of ideas that's that's an extension towards me he respects me and you know I really really value that in the sort of industry that isn't really able to to kind of support like, you know, guys like myself who are getting a little bit older, but who are actually finding their feet at the point that I'm at, basically. And that's because, you know, I've grown a lot upstairs and I've taken care of myself quite a lot too. And, you know, I believe in skating enough to want to take it into the deep waters and 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 be present and and relevant into my late 30s as many of the established pro skateboarders and other pro um action sport. Artists or athletes or whatever are, are able to, you know, and so, you know, it's. I mean, I don't really know what 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 I was trying to explain with sort of, you know, my association with with brands and and sort of um, sponsorship deals is is it's I've been I've been really lucky, I've been um, really blessed to have had that kind of support, I've had access to hardware. As I was saying earlier on, it's like at this stage in the game, you got to just be like super juice that you've got people to go out and skate with and and equipment and and an industry that's growing flimsy but growing yeah um to support that that happening but you know i i just i keep my 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 doors open and yeah like skating bigger wheels and skating flat setup and and the hardness and all of those things just really appealed to me and these wheels for me there's no there's no kind of going back really in terms of the wheels like you know my skate experience every time is is where is what i want you know so but yeah the, the everyone associated with bhc mark that's that's my fam like that's the homie like skating is is you know it, it's it's always going to be that. i'm gonna go skate with mark i'm gonna go skate with the homies but you know jake is also one of my my long time supporters unequivocally and, and it made sense to work with him nice yeah man
0: um you mentioned it and i was thinking back in this and i actually had to uh one of my friends scott riddles is like a skate encyclopedia and he can't remember years but he can remember like when skates come out and that's how he judges like periods of time and i was like and i messed him before this and i was like i'm pretty sure like leon had one of the first uk pro skates and i was like i can't remember whether it was leon or tyron tyrone brissett we
1: both did yeah but that's i couldn't con.
0: i couldn't remember who came first was it was it tyrone or you
1: um i don't know man
0: because Chaz obviously um, had salomons but that was like a little bit later
1: yeah Chaz had a sally Ty may have had i to be i'm just guessing i don't know
0: <laughs> well, i don't know but
1: they were he, they, he were, thought, really they yeah, were really similar they're really similar
0: times he riddles thought you riddles thought that Tyrone came first, but it was maybe within a year of each other or like it was like that close. So um, It was in 2004. But yeah. I mean, you know, we, it was quite close um, proximity.
1: And obviously Ty at the time was, um, you know, a huge skater in the UK, you know, big presence physically and, you know, in the publications and whatnot. Um, an it's kind of insane.
0: Yeah, it's like an insane accolade to have because... You were one of the first in in your native country to have a pro skate. And to date, there's only like a handful of UK skaters who have had pro skates. So like Mm -hmm. there's you, Tyrone, Sam Crofts in recent years. He's about to get a second one in Ollie Short. Yep. And then obviously Chaz that we mentioned.
1: That's it. Yeah. It's a yeah, fairly like um small. So you belong to like
0: an incredibly inclusive like inclusive, exclusive club. Like that's that's insane
1: yeah i you know i hadn't really um thought on it too much mostly because um well you know it it wasn't it wasn't
0: the purest of experiences because
1: no it kind of it kind of sucked in in some ways but i don't really think on the name thing too much because as i said it's like at the time of like signing on the dotted line and that happening you know i was still in a bit of a dream world about what this all was you know i was early 20s you know I'm signing a contract here with a skate company this is the ideal scenario I mean if I rewound back to you know year 11 at school or when I was just sort of into it but yeah you know I was thinking I'm going to do this forever for sure <laughs> you know I, ne- I never you know you could never really um, envisage signing a contract getting professional or whatever um contracts and you know getting products going in the warehouse and and taking everything not taking everything but you know having a, the shopping trolley experience and all that stuff but you know the gloss was definitely um taken off of it by you know how it all transpired um firstly with um, firstly with the name, which was just like uh do you want to sort that out? oh no, we can't all right sweet. Also, it also
0: cool. seems like uh, that seems like the easiest thing to get right. Because yeah. it's like, I don't understand how that Sign can go wrong. Sign a fucking
1: contract. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally, go check your files. Go <laughs> go then, look in your files. It's fucking written down. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's more like I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't even scratching the surface at that point. You know, that was a long time ago at this point in time. I wasn't even scratching the surface i could skate i I know what i'd done up to that point and i know that you know the sorts of moves that i was doing and had some you know good value to them switch-ups and handrails and doing all that kind of stuff but i wasn't really scratching the surface so you know that period is a little it's sort of quite distant and early and not almost um you know some of the sheen taken off of it but you know i will say that um you said, you, know, you, said, getting,
0: you said there was another issue with it. You said the the name took it off you, yeah. but you suggested that something else happened. So
1: what, yeah, what else yeah, happened? Yeah. And, well, I mean, being as though this this podcast is um, you know, sort of all Kind of weird and corrupt shit razors involved. In my like, defense, <laughs> I, that's not actually.
0: I I would happily have it not be, but it's not my fault that everyone that nah, seems to go well, through their no doors seems to have a negative mate. experience. It's, that's that's not on no, me. It, that's on them.
1: Well, it's, it seems like it's not. It's not like um, it's not a coincidental thing. It seems to be the trope. It seems to be the sort of spine of the organization is really. Um, not concerned with um the kind of skaters interests really on a, on a fundamental level i mean you know if anything that you know from my ex- if my experience is to go by it's that you know it's just like you literally the one thing that like you want to kind of put on your mantle and go there it is with the name it's like you kind of got that bit wrong which is that's, that's it's what whatever,
0: do you do you still have do you still have yeah, yeah, one of your yeah, skates of right
1: yeah of course i got i like, got a couple of brand new sets or, or no i've got one brand new set and then andy andy sperry um one of my absolute bros like for my birthday a few years ago he procured like a size eight pair that are in a really good nick and, and gave them to me for my birthday so you know, yeah, I've I've got a couple of sets. I'll 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 skate them or whatever. Um, you know, the other thing was um, I got paid. So I got paid a royalty for the skate. I was
0: going to ask and, if you um, actually got money for your pro skate because
1: uh, yeah, yeah, I got money. Um, but I initially I initially got too much money. So what happened was I got paid thirty three grand by mistake. That's that's yeah. Danny
0: beer money. That's that's yeah, Danny Beer, got, them <laughs> skates money.
1: I got, that, I got that DB money um, in 2004. Um, I, I suspect, you know, it's an issue. With, I mean, they're getting names wrong on skates. They, you know, you can't trust these guys with maths either. <laughs> so they, they say <laughs> it's English, maths. I wonder how they are, their chemistry and that. But, um, you know, obviously some screw up maths wise, ended up sending me £33,000. Think of this, yeah, I was working in Asda at the time of like waiting for this payment that w- it wasn't clear when it was going to arrive so i was checking my um bank statement like every day at lunch because we have atms outside the store and then the day that the money finally come in i went and checked it obviously think of me and my green asda fleece you know i'm working in a supermarket who knows where this skating thing is going and um and then i, I checked i typed my pin in thirty three thousand three hundred and ninety four quid i'm like
0: I would have thought I'd had a stroke like that's not I can't okay I'm blind I can't read right this is something happening
1: I'm like oh my days they made a mistake someone's made a mistake so I'm gonna buy a house and then um I went (laughs) uh, I went I went and checked uh, I went and got my mate who I worked with I was like mate come and have a look at this and because to make sure I'm not tripping and lo and behold you know I had that money I sat on it for a month didn't say shit um because like I was kind of like if somebody's made a mistake here then I almost am gonna like plead some kind of ignorant thing and just forget about it kind of thing and then maybe in a year I've got like 50 grand or something and then if no one said anything then I'm like you know I'm gonna get a house or whatever yeah. it is I'm gonna take this money move it invest it whatever I don't care if somebody's made a mistake it's not me I don't care anyway I went to the bank um it I it wasn't like Written in print that Sunshine Distribution had paid the money, so I was like, even better. It's definite mistake. Yes. Somebody has just pay- <laughs> somebody's just paid money to my account. I'm that's mine. And then, um, and then Andy Wagner actually phoned me to my um, like home, my landline home phone number when I was living with my parents, and um, you know, that was obviously um the moment where I, I made the decision. Do I exist or do I not exist? Um, and you know, like in the sense of like, sorry, who are you nope. who are you who are you looking for?
0: Wrong number. Yeah,
1: don't know who that is. Um, but obviously I made um, you know, I was a good boy there. Um uh obviously, you know, may rue that that decision. Maybe there's a ruin of that decision that's taken place over the years, but I wired um, most of the money back because it was actually a mistake on part of Razors, leaving me with £33,000 for a month. I went to Slam Jam. <laughs> I went to Slam Jam with the money in my account. And I remember on the night out afterwards, I was like showing people. I was like, look, look, I've got, <laughs> like, I've got thirty-three grand from Razors, but I might have to give it back. But I, I don't know.
0: So what did, right. what did you end up with after they took their money back? Because they uh, must they were probably selling so like, many shimas at that time that they just had no they weren't keeping track of their accounts at all. Something it was like probably going six, wild.
1: It was something like 1600. It was something like that. It was like 1600
0: quid. Yeah. That's quite that's really low.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because well, I can't remember. It wasn't it I'm not it I'm not going to name like names,
0: that. but I, like I know other pro skaters that walked away with like six seven grand and they couldn't have been producing more of their skate than they were of yours
1: nah they they um i I don't know like how they were set out in terms of the the status of like my pro boot was you know like certain riders who are more established who were like the the who the household names if you will are obviously going to command a greater product made and probably command um via the contractual stuff and the discussions if there even is that kind of thing going on a little bit more of a fee whereas me i was just like you got a contract yeah yeah let's have a look at it you know and (laughs) just (laughs) yeah because i'm like 20 i'm like 21 i'm I'm thinking fucking hell yeah like you want to sign me up do you you know i'm on it and you know you i didn't know anything i didn't know anything at that point so i was like stoked and 1600 pounds for going out inline skating and like doing moves is fucking all right you know it wasn't that's the thing you know right right now i mean it's really not that much different essentially but you know there is a like clearly a more diverse marketplace for, for inline skating um i think you know right now in 2020 this boom that we've all clearly seen happening it will equate To sales and will equate to more participation and will equate to you know more uptake and aggressive stuff or or whatever like freestyle stuff even even you know the 360 videos and, and all of that kind of stuff will still excite people in terms of what it's like to be in a metropolis and just sort of have stuff whizzing by you it's quite you know kind of exciting like that you know um i know some films have have utilized some of that tech in the past you know with 360 bullet time stuff you know but it, it employed on skates is a pretty cool thing as well so i do think like um you know the flimsy industry is becoming a little bit more stable and a little bit more trustworthy and i suppose riders like danny who you know is an exceptional like extraordinary kind of um talent you know um whether it's skating or otherwise but you know skating is definitely where he excels you know can have a a fucking workable livable salary i mean it's good it's it's definitely a good thing and if some of those other guys um you know who we you know, really admire can also be supported to do their thing, then you know, that's absolutely awesome. You know, I'm I'm really stoked that skating's actually in that position to support a few more people, you know, and there's a lot more like brands and whatnot popping up and people are interested in fashion and products and, you yeah. know, lines of clothing and and you know bits of hardware. There's a lot more choice there and people can have their like little grassroots things grow into something that's a little bit more stable part of of our of our constellation you know and stuff that we're that we're ingesting even platforms like we'll Seen, like you know this week in blade or, or whatever yeah, yeah. i mean you know these things are resources and it expands the culture a little bit and it aggregates the the things that are going on that gives sort of notability to what's happening you know it gives um val adds value to it you know it shows that there is this actually established kind of um you know there's an established culture it's still it's it's and it's it's showing right now it's 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 pretty cool you know yeah for sure
0: do you ever wonder now like I, I do this all the time like I think back to like conversations I've had with people or things I could have said differently or acted differently or I think it's called like afterthought or something where you basically just go oh if I could go back and change that or do that what would have what would have happened differently in my life Do you ever wonder, because you obviously skated for like loads of different brands. You went, you're on Razors, then you're on Valo. Were you on Nim, or was it just SSM?
1: Um... Good question. Um, because
0: obviously there was like the transition period, but you were I definitely yeah, remember you I, being on SSM. I just couldn't. Yeah, there was, was a
1: sort of there was a, a building of things with Nim because Ollie um is a very close friend of yep. mine, and so we got, got on
0: kind on of Nim at the end, but then yeah, we were walking
1: yeah. that walk together kind right. of thing, and Moreno as well as another guy who I'm very close with. So we, we were sort of like grouped together a little bit post-Valo um, and pre-SSM. So I sort of started to walk that walk and then right, you know, sort of was on SSM um, from that from that point onwards. Yeah, I was on like the kind of, um, I've forgotten the, the separate, the different teams. You yeah, know, the,
0: the bloodlines or whatever it was called. Yeah, you know, like the Europe like bloodline blood 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 blood, or yeah, the bloodline. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. A lot of blood reference, basically,
0: yeah. Do you ever wonder how things would have panned out if you'd stayed with Razors or if you'd stayed with Fallow, like if you just like rode it out and saw what happened?
1: Um, yeah, I talk about that often. I mean, you know, when I the people who know me really well, who I hang out with and, and chat to, you know, sometimes, you know, when we talk about life and we talk about skating and stuff that's happened, you know, we will often think of things like that. I mean, you know, it was self-evident with razors and being associated with that brand that, you know, after the sort of skate had come out and you know i was basically done within a year after that you know it sort of left such a bad taste in my mouth that you know even then early being young and just kind of you know a bit of a scrape like yeah yeah i'll, I'll skate for you like you know whatever i mean maybe <laughs> yeah. it wasn't like that but you know what i'm saying i was like young yeah, dumb just,
0: well just yeah, out. young young and keen yeah
1: yeah just well want to be spawned and that will do sort of thing but even Even in my early years, you know, that it was still just really like, just feel so dissed by that a little bit, you know, just it just beggars belief that you could get that wrong. And actually, I'm not really that kind of person. Even then, I knew I'm not the kind of person to just be like, yeah, that was cool. You know, it it actually wasn't cool. And there there was just some other energy that just wasn't that cool. But I'm not going to, you know, I wouldn't be able to be more specific than that because it was ages ago. And some of the guys who you've spoken to have obviously got more like recent yeah. you know things that weren't so good. But, you know, my experience was essentially a bit of an ideal experience in that, you know, I did the whole like shopping trolley, like sponsorship dream thing, you know, got a skate, got, you know, got the name wrong. That sucks. I, I think I'm good. And, you know, I, um, yeah, I skated Valo after that because, you know, John Julio's obviously... Um, an, an idol. I mean, you'd have to. You'd oh, have he's to like sort of he's, use that he's word. like the first
0: guy I looked up to. Yeah, like I One remember of the being a kid and being like, that that guy's the was, man.
1: Yeah, like basically a megastar Um, I had him sign my uh yellow K twos at PlayStation when him, um, and Petty and Latimer. No, Not him Petty England tour. Yeah, it was England tour. Yeah, um, I both you know so it was a bit of a no brainer. And because the style of the brand, the look of the skates, you know, just how John carried himself from like an aesthetic, like outwardly what he looks like, was always something that I admired. You know, his stilo, like the way that he employs his techniques, the hovering top sole, just the back nugans I'd always modelled my back nugans on Mini Ramp, but you know, like there are a lot of things from childhood that I'd sort of modelled, maybe not modelled, but I just admired him a hell yeah. of a lot. You know, um, so with vallo that obviously took me in that direction to want to kind of feel all of that style, all of those style points and try and incorporate that into this echelon of my skating kind of thing, you know? And so I think for razors, it was really like, it was self-evident that that wasn't good enough. And, and I was just going to leave. I mean, I I think I would feel almost like a bit dirty, you know, if I, if I had sort of carried on, like I'm sort of not worth much, essentially, I'm not worth enough, to kind of get that detail right you know and i'm a young man at this point in time who wants to get more things right in his life you know i don't want to get things wrong i'd already gotten quite a few things wrong and had made quite a few mistakes you know at my early 20s so i wasn't really down with that kind of thing and i suppose with valo you know i was it wasn't like i was sort of like on on kind of thing you know and with the uk riders for the most part and i'll just sort of speak in a kind of blanket kind of way I feel like none of the guys in the UK have ever really been taken you know how do you say this as sort of seriously as our counterparts in in the US for instance by brands based elsewhere particularly in the US Um, you know I think um, you know our culture and our scene is sort of difficult to get a clear view of maybe um and maybe communication and managing riders in other countries is always something that is just it's just tricky you have to be very um you know busy to, to do that pop- th- at any rate i just know
0: oh, like it's true like if ollie hadn't you know cashed in his, his student loan and went to the states he probably would never get a pro skate like yeah let's be honest he 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 went in there and like Put himself in front of people's faces and that's how he got to where he was and that's how most skaters who make it big from other countries do it like they spend a lot of time in the states
1: yeah he spent a lot of time in the states, and and he almost had to like sort of almost act and i don't mean that in oh, a no, sort of like he, um, he reinvented himself yeah he was contentious kind he was of a way great skater
0: but he looked like every other skater and until he reinvented himself and yeah, he still had he still had the skating ability to back it up, but now he had a marketable image as well. Yeah, that's. I think that's complete. It's not. I don't think that's offensive or like that's a fair assessment of what happened. I think so.
1: I mean, you know, and then Ollie obviously left Vallo and the circumstances that I can't really speak to, but I know that that the politics of teams and of salaries and when it push comes to shove, you know, there's just not enough to go around. So what happens when that's the situation on a team? What, What's, you know, because these guys are all like stars, you know, they're all um, extraordinary and unique. Um, they're all very talented. They should all be warranted salaries in their own right, each of them, but there's just not enough to go around. And so ultimately ollie essentially left skating from that point you know and that didn't really have like a knock-on effect to me i think ollie was always destined to kind of walk his own walk essentially away from skating who knows i mean he'd have to explain that himself but for me like you know being in london kind of wanting as much as i possibly could from like being involved with some brands and maybe wanting to you know build like my status with certain brands as much as I possibly could but ultimately all it meant was just me going out skating and skating this hardware and, and enjoying my experience it never really felt like it was going to lead you know to anything it didn't feel like there was like a I felt like after razors that the professional path was done I, I was just like that is done like I, I've got to find my way that doesn't that's not a revolving around skating literally as soon as that happened and my mum was sort of you know doing the proverbial kind of kicking up the backside. after that she's like well you know it didn't work out so you know you're probably gonna have to figure it out now mate um which ultimately is what it meant but you know at that point i was kind of not really um invested in in sort of if if it was if there was some kind of pathway that was clear and it was offered to me then i probably would have walked through the door but my personal journey has been to get to where I am right now, which is getting through the scratching of the surface, really developing my concept of how I want to move on skates, what kind of things I'm, I'm open to practicing, filming, so on and so forth, and pulling everything, all of my knowledge, all of my experience, all of the cultural things, all of the things that I like to show to where I am now. And I, maybe when I was skating Valo, I wasn't the finished article. Even with SSM, I look back at some of the footage um, and I look back at, you know, what was out there of me and I could be very critical about some of those things. With that being said, it's like, you know, those are all moments. Those are all periods of time that I'd spent very fondly with people who I care dearly about. So there's always this different lens to look through it. You know, ultimately, my journey was to go sort of round the houses to get, here right which is you know i feel more like adept and and you know comfortable and secure and open you know than i ever have at this point right now so you know i think everything sort of you know to avoid the cliche it has happened the way that it was it was really supposed to happen um i moved from in these different ways because i felt like I wanted to, and I felt like at the time that was the right move to do. And it was really about people, as I said, like Ollie and Moreno from like Valo. Like th- these are two guys whose skating speaks for itself. They're exquisite yeah, practitioners yeah, of skating. Definitely. You know, obviously Mark, um, who has continued, uh, you know, his practice. He, you know, he's like my, you know, he's the goat discussion. You know, Moreno personally is never going to be too far. You know you talk about pure street skaters you talk about guys with 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 grace and conventional skill set you know aggressive skating who uh, just just make it look beautiful who are aesthetically just satisfying to watch skating in every respect you know it's it's a guy like moreno so i was like yeah if you're doing that i'm gonna do that with you guys you know it's about you guys you know and you're doing that you know so
0: You've, yeah, you've definitely had a unique path when it comes to it because, yeah, getting a pro skate that early on or that like like quickly in your skating life or whatever and then it feels like everything passed. Yeah, like you said, it's been kind of like all over the place, but I think it's led to you like being more creative and more self-sufficient because you've obviously now made like several of your own videos if anything it feels like you're more productive now than you ever were mm-hmm. like during your early years because you used to always have loads of footage and like ollie videos and chris doughty videos and stuff like that but it was never like your sections during that time you rarely had sections back then whereas now it feels like over the last five years you've produced more sections now than ever before yeah and
1: yeah, I always wanted Obviously, to be the
0: making bank as well, like doing the website, the videos, like basically creating your own outlet, which I think more skaters should do. Like you've got people like Nils making their own channel and like Trey oh, yeah. who are very personable, so they're good in front of the camera. Whereas you've just decided you want a home for things that you create.
1: Yeah, kind of. I think that's the right way to think about it. You know, that there's um a home for um things that we all like to create, you know. I mean, the group. That is active right now in London are extraordinarily creative. These guys are overflowing with ideas when it comes to putting skates on, you know, from Sam Crofts to Neil Ingall, you know, to James Bauer to Sharman to guys who come and visit like Gauthier Kowasi, who's a Parisian chap who, you know, I'm friends with who came out in that um on the spot flick, Simon Isles, these guys. I mean, it, it's, it's like, um, it, it's full to the brim in terms of um ideas and places to go and practice new ideas of skating with and you know london's always been fairly vibrant you know it's always had like a plethora of of people in it skating but um you know right now especially with with Jamie and Blake running the sort of capital rollers side of things which you know capital rollers again is it's sort of like a, it's it's it describes or it was sort of like the original kind of London crew. Basically, it was like the Capital Rollers kind well, of thing. Well, yes, and it's was evolved. It's
0: evolved over the years. It used to be mega cliquey and uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, and now it's turned into more of a community-based, positive thing. Was yeah, there was, there's there was some a events. big there was a big crew thing for a while everywhere in skating that was really not positive at all. Um, it was no, basically it was, just a way of alienating other groups of people.
1: I think so. I think, and I think there's something that you know you kind of. Um, you can be a bit prickly from people on the outside because it's sort of, you know, this is us and, you know, we're tough guys and, you know, we stick together no matter if you're cool or if you're trying to rob us, you know, like either way we're sort of sticking together and you're not just sort of like coming in and gaining access to what we've got going on here, you know, for whatever reason it was at that point, you know, we're a lot more protective of that kind of thing when we were younger, because we just sort of got that brashness and that, sort of you know yeah we're tough guys or whatever (laughs) it is you know and and you lean into that a little bit as well I mean you know I know that there's a few people who had this sort of sense of me from years ago of like this guy who they're like were intimidated of or or something like this they had these sort of different notions of like what kind of person you know I am just based on you know what I sort of looking like or whatever so we all lent into that a little bit years ago you know and capital rollers um now you know it's like a home for formal events that can take place with a grassroots feeling to it with the skate park as a hub as we was talking about earlier on it's a different feeling thing at the skate park now so you know synthesizing that energy to have nice grassroots events that just celebrate the fact that we've actually got a scene that we've got a culture and it is established and you know we can have our little Instagram sites and put our little videos out. We've got professional, you know, content creators, videographers, photographers who just happen to like love this thing and and pour a lot of time into like producing elite level material out of what's going on, you know? So it's like that brimming has needed a few homes for what's going on in London. So bank is because basically, you know i'm just so tenacious when it comes to you know the practice the filming you know i haven't got kids or a mortgage as yet you know that's not really the the pathways that i've been on so you know when it comes to just sort of being uh, the expressive kind of unbridled leon a lot of that gets put into like this sort of skating stuff so you know i didn't want to have like a youtube channel that was just like my name or or something because there's a whole lot of shit out there that's already got my name on it and whatnot and I know I'm going to be putting things together and making things and you know you get a bit self-conscious about your own name your own standing in a relative small kind of thing so I kind of wanted something that you know brought together you know the sort of feeling of like london aggressive street skating which kind of seems to have been the meeting spot that we always used to meet at which was bank but you know there you go it's of like a bank is a thing you like skating there's also money in the bank too you know all of those inferences all of that whatever you want it to be but either way it's a home for that content of some of these other fellas and you know cap capital rollers also got the videos and that coming out too as well so it's just about a home for this so much action that goes on and you know i've only got so much time you know to do stuff that's skating because you know i've got i've got my job too and all of the administrative stuff that that goes on with my job too so i'd always like to do more you know like i want to do more when it comes to um you know like productions bank and whatnot but ultimately the 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 bread and butter of it is just going out skating and, and filming and filming what's happening and you know and yeah, that's what definitely gonna keep keep going with that. We got lots of things to kind of get on with over the next few years, you know. I, I feel um I feel really positive about that, you know, for sure. You
0: know. Yeah, I would definitely say you're one of the most productive, prolific skaters I can think of. Who do you right? I I was thinking of this the other day. I was like, I can't think of anyone who's had more street sections than Leon. And then I was like, oh. the only other one I could come up with was Lomax. But I was like, Lomax has kind of got an unfair advantage because mm. he's in a much more, <laughs> like, hospitable climate for blading. Yeah, we- sure. So who, who do you think has f- filmed more street sections over the years? You or Nick? I think it might be quite close.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of, like, formal, and I use that word, I guess for no use of a better term in terms of like where you know you've got somebody who you're going to be working with who's going to film and probably chop the piece they may have to spend a little bit of time setting up their equipment yeah. and you know you're putting some of your safety gear on for some of the shit that you're going out to do I think those sort of preliminary factors really count towards whether this is like a formal part or not you know I think Because Nick will take some of his content into the blog space. He'll take some of his stuff into the 360 space. He's actually like really quite funny on camera as well. There's a lot of like to camera personality stuff too. So in a way, like his sort of um, content is building that brand of Nick Lomax as a a personality as much as it is as a a guy who's just about, literally his blog series is out and about. And so Barcelona being a mecca as it were, is is actually as much of a mecca for just sort of like freestyle kind of fitness, um, non-aggressive stuff, as it is for people going to grind stuff. It's actually well, maybe more.
0: That's why I was going to say. I think I think it is a lot closer than people realise because Nick hasn't actually is has only made one formal section in the past several years, and that was for yeah. Blader Gang. And before that, it was broke. It's broke. Yeah and then before that it was like skate promos and like and promos and things like that but i, th- I think if you actually s- like stacked your both ears together not like the out and about and the vlog stuff and things like yeah. that i think it was just like legit sections i think you guys would actually be relatively even in numbers
1: yeah um i mean you know nick is a guy who i've got like an awful lot of respect for i know that um you know, his experience of just being in Barcelona, I don't think it's quite the kind of like hunky-dory sort of you're in skate heaven and you should just be like Shitting out section. Oh yeah, like, no, I, absolutely. I think like,
0: there's yeah, there's a whole there's a whole host of external pressures and bills to pay, and yeah, definitely. all of
1: that stuff. And yeah. I think you know being a rider for a company like PowerSlide, where they've got like a you know a really diverse range of product products, where you know he's not saying, look, I'm an aggressive skater and I'm gonna do like grind related stuff and whatever, like just aggressive skating. You know, he's gonna use all of the different equipment wheels and just stamp his mark onto those products with his like unique kind of presentation of skating which you know is is something that is is just been what he's what he's needed to do really you know i i just i don't know if he's had you know the company to go out and film the kind of sections that we're like working on here in london for instance i think possibly
0: yeah 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 i know what you mean yeah
1: you know i did. there's so many things that count towards getting to the point of like we're doing like a part we're going to do a part together um it's also like the kind of equipment you're using as well i mean i think with camcorders for instance there's is something about you know operating of the camcorder and you're like you're over there the subject doing the move i'm over here filming it that you know counts towards how this thing's going to look obviously you know if you're filming yourself that's kind of a different thing it's not really that's not a part even though it might be a 4 minute video on youtube i wouldn't have said that you know that's like a part but, yeah yeah i'm, def- you know, I'm it's definitely all, not it's all
0: it's all yeah the nah, nah, yeah. solo stuff yeah
1: but you know i just um i i i don't know i think um you know i know i know i'm really prolific you know i know i know uh, we we, we all know
0: you're really uh, prolific <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, I think everyone is aware of that by now
1: yeah it's really it's really um You know, I, I, I I finished shooting for this part without even sort of stopping for breath. It just kind of happened, really. Um, Every time we went out, it was rich and successful. Um, Had found a lot of new places to go and skate. Um, You know, was able to make a lot of pictures on my phone into moving real images on the computer you know a lot of the time when you're out on the bikes you're just snapping stuff like that would be cool but yeah. it might actually take some weeks to like kind of just look over the stuff of your phone and be like yeah like let's 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 form a route around that spot and have like six of the guys like come and maybe they can some people can get down at that spot some people can get down at that spot i could slink away and get away with that spot there and then you know we'll all just get the most out of that That's session you know, negotiating yeah. it. yeah
0: yeah, having, well, I mean, those, you know, having those things sitting on your phone for months just being like it's there I know where it is why have I not been to it? and it's because weather or other commitments or rounding yeah people I up. mean
1: yeah I found the most um the the, the most obvious di- sort of distraction you know really was other spots <laughs> it was like that, it was that's, more that's like when they start stacking like up and just spots. starting
0: annoying you even more yeah I've got ones that have like I, I moved to a new town about yeah the start of this year and ever since I've just been clocking all the spots and like the tiny towns like just working my way out the way but then it's like getting people out here and then getting people out here that can skate the spots because not everyone can skate certain terrain or whatever and then you're like months have passed and these things are just gathering dust in my foot and yeah it, it, it slowly drives you nuts.
1: No I can imagine that and you know I, I, I think there's you know I, I've got like maybe there's a sense of urgency about sometimes I have a sense of urgency, like, you know, I'm, I'm 37 and I feel great. You know, I feel better than really I ever have, but there's also that kind of lingering knowing that, you know, it's not like I've got forever left to do this kind of stuff. And, you know, I never imagined that I could get, to where i am in life in general in terms of how i think how i experience what goes on inside of me uh, and how i know myself and where i want how i know myself to be seen and shown and to be demonstrated in just a non kind of verbal way you know that stuff's all important personal knowing that's that's been going on that's been happening for me you know so there is that little sense of urgency that i've kind of found this period of of magic, in a way, like in terms of when I see something, and it strikes me as an idea, it's like there's a real possibility that I can make that happen with basically anything I'm looking at at this point. And not, I'm not saying I'm I'm the fucking oracle, like you know, I, I tornado fish the king. Not that's not what I'm talking about.
0: You know? I, I know um, what you mean. Like as in, you've developed a skill set or a diversity that you're like. I think it was like Dominic Bruce was talking about it. He like doesn't look for tricks. He looks for spots and then he figures out what he can. And then he like modifies his skating for that spot. He's like, well, I can't do it on that side on that particular obstacle, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to go away and learn something that I can then bring back to. And I think that's over the years you've diversified your trick range so much that yeah, pretty much whatever you put, someone puts in front of you, you're going to be able to do something or make it your own.
1: Yeah, I think Dom's um, a a very astute uh, young man. um, And, you know, with that particular viewpoint, what I take from that is, you know, how do you interpret your space? You know, um, rather than sort of going out in a myopic kind of state of mind where, like, you know, I've just down rails, down ledges, ledges, I've got to do some grinds kind of thing. um, I think it's definitely really freeing to kind of look at whatever space you're in and especially in these city situations like in London look at blocks look at shapes you know look at iconic um areas look at places that are destitute and worn down, look at old infrastructure, look at the common furniture, look at the post boxes, the old phone boxes, look at the bollards, look at how they're set up and arranged over there, look at everything as if you're sort of interpreting space and what is a spark within you, what speaks to you to move in a certain way in that space is just something that is ambiguous but it's for you it's defined. You know, it's like I know where and when to move on certain things, given what my skill set is. And, you know, if I'm like looking at something, it's really it's it's exciting. It's it's it's, you know, as I said I never thought it would get to this point. I never thought skating would get to this point. You know, I always remember when I was a kid, you know, there were these porter rails at this local station and they're literally like shin height and some of the lads were able to get onto this rail back then in 1997 or whatever and i used to remember looking at the rails going i'll never do that and that feeling of i'll never do that i'll never do that i'll never do that i always think of that feeling of i would never do that and think about the kind of mad shit that we're doing now and it's a really kind of yeah it's a stark kind of illustration as to as to how far you know things have gone you know with skating and um you know it is about um yeah it's just about how you interpret that space now I'm not really looking I don't know what I'm looking for I like banks you know I like dropping into banks that's definitely stuff something I like to do I like my top soles I like trusting the top sole on an area that isn't even a spot we spoke about that earlier on and I like you know the other day I figured out I could do the other day I figured out how to do manuals <laughs> I'd never
0: I've, like I've been pursuing that the whole Toro thing for years and I've I've said to like countless people whenever someone like tries to belittle that trick or like say, Oh, it's pussy or oh it's not dangerous, you're like every time I'm like, see if I could do those, I would do nothing else. I would stop skating handrails, I would not put myself in harm's way anymore, I would just do Toro and slide variations in and out of every grind I know. I was like I wouldn't like I would never touch another handrail like again so it would be, yeah this is it they're so hard heel, they are so fucking manual. hard
1: I was doing it on the wrong foot I realized I was doing I'd always tried manuals on my left foot because it's my sulfur foot like and then at the skate park the other day at PlayStation just before this this new lockdown I tried uh, to do a heel manual on my right foot because I'm right footed with football or whatever. I'm just right footed. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like I... Bob. Yeah, literally. Like I'm, you idiot. You were doing it on the wrong foot, you muppet. And then so, anyway, I practiced a few and I was like, Eric Burke, I can be Eric Burke. I always wanted to be Eric Burke, you know, from BG 5 when he yeah. does that long. You know, it's, it's so funny that he skater. used to get,
0: he used to get clowned all the time because he was big and lanky and didn't he wasn't trendy. He never fit into any like the popular modes. Like he was just a big, skinny, awkward-looking kid. Yeah. And now so many skaters look and skate like Eric Burke. It's it's it, yeah. It's he's so done. interesting how things like that happened. Like all these people that were just way way ahead of their time.
1: He was my first favorite skater. I mean there were there were a few things that i really really liked about him one of the things like he did the back nougan up the ledge so he was one of the it was one of the first going up a ledges that i'd seen um i loved how he just used to do really nice solid mono you know the he, back up upper white ledge and i was like oh my god he's doing an alley royale upper ledge like hows he yeah, that- yeah, he did
0: he did a lot of tricks before their time as well which i think went against him cuz people were like just do just do normal tricks but he was doing new tricks
1: and he was also doing um so like he did um you know like like acid range like tabernacles and stuff like that that's right. like the
0: acid royales because i used to do those all the time yeah him and Ezekiel anderson used to do them and i used to play whenever you play someone at blade i'd do it and it would just piss everyone off because they're like i've never tried that so i'm definitely not doing that down a down rail that's suicide yeah
1: yeah it's it's a a bit of a dick move but i (laughs) i can't talk because you know i've I've, my feet go the other way so I, i i've you know Messed with a few people doing the kind of double souls like that, but I think for Eric Burke as well, it was just like you know his whole demeanor, like you said, you know, kind of awkward, vulnerable, gangly, kind of like punk dude. It was just a bit softly spoken, but he just looked cool. He looked like kind of the Sonic the Hedgehog highlighted hair, the camo shorts, the Fiction hoodie, you know, doing monos off of everything. And when he did grind, when he did royales, they're just proper, you know. He always did just nice looking grinds but he had that kind of tendency to do tricks that may have been part of the freak vernacular like kind of freak tricks kind of thing like the the tabernacles and stuff and i think it was those things that may not have you know endeared him to some people but for me it made him like his creative sort of unusual tendencies made him like one of my favorite skaters you know and yeah like and then his appearance in VG8 in the Peld section is like, come on, man! You know, with the um that tune, the incubus tune from the from the film Spawn.
0: From Spawn, ah, familiar. Yeah, another one. Yeah, familiar face or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah. That
1: that that's the whole section is like that street skating. That's crew shit. That's filming. That's like SD fisheye shit everyone looks swag as fuck. like you know it's actually almost a perfect section got mike choley up in there doing like kind grinds to stay all insanely good yeah you know the whole thing is just like this is so heavy you know and so eric burke was always in the in you know late 90s early 2000s a big inspiration for me you know first favorite skater and yeah like I, i learned heel manual so i'm next section you're gonna see me like doing I'll be doing the, um, the, f- the zero spin, the heel roll across the the manny and I'll come out the wrong way and my f- I'll look the other way. You won't know what's going on. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I'm going to do a forwards one over a platform like that big and be like, yeah, yeah, I can do it. It's in a line. You've seen it in the section. I can do it.
0: Yeah, you're they... just looking for, like, blocks of concrete everywhere now. You're like, I need a pad. I need a, pa- a where, pad. Where are the pads? Actually, I'm, you've I'm got ready. one. You've got one at London. Oh, what's the, the skateboarders love it. I, it's next to, yeah, it's next to that, like, statue thing that everyone wall rides off, or Ollie Short's famous for wall riding off at. Um,
1: oh, at London Bridge? Yeah.
0: yeah. There's a there's there's one there because Blondie McCoy has it in his latest Adidas shoe thing where he does a trick on it, and I'm pretty sure it's his ender.
1: Well, yeah, I think, like, that set of stairs is a set of stairs I was talking about earlier on. That I'll, but I'll just before it, it's got, the, on...
0: it's got the manual pad slash grindable object i think it's like a statue or something it's just like a block yeah. of concrete
1: yeah it's a rough block with yeah. some kind of like you know uh structure on it whatever it is like, i actually don't know what it is but we've always <laughs> like either <laughs> yeah yeah it's um it's it's one of the older things in that area actually it's been there for ages and you sort of just you don't. Know, you know you get those ancient legends that that of... yeah no it's like an ancient ledge that comes in and out of being skated it's like, it will always be there. They'll never cap it because it's probably listed. You know, they can't put metal caps on that thing. But, um, yeah, you know, so, I mean, even at 37, you know, old dog and all of that shit. But, I just, I'm still at that, okay, I've, I've kind of gotten to where I want to be. So, it's like, can I focus and like learn some shit that I kind of always wanted to do? And, you know, the other day, I was just like, um, I was with James and that, we were, at the, we were at the skate park and I made like a big song and dance about the fact that I'd done a deliberate, manual
0: <laughs> and, it was it like, no, and you, everything you,
1: you don't get it like i mean he did people do get it because i think ultimately everyone knows that they're they're, they're hard it's really hell. quite yeah. difficult um i just didn't think i had the like the kind of body type i didn't think i had you know all of these like Excuses like my feet arches aren't right to do the manuals, and I've got got the right skates for oh, it. That is the excuse and, yeah.
0: I'm using. I'm saying I'm flat footed, and that's why I can't do them. And I'm sticking to it. That's that's it's it's not me. It's uh, biology. The biology's failed me.
1: Yeah, I've been fucked over by 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 God, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, Poor, God just, doesn't want me. Er- to do The ergonomics
0: manuals. don't work, and I can't do it about it. That's just the way it is.
1: Cheers, God, isn't it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back it all, uh, it
1: all comes back
0: <laughs> so more importantly i've got i've got last two questions oh i've got three questions two two mm-hmm. of them are easy ones to answer one of them might be a little bit harder mm-hmm. so um when are you going to settle down have kids and get fat like the rest of us <laughs> um,
1: well um i am settled with somebody i've got a really, so, I mean, really... You've,
0: you've been your missus for years haven't you
1: yeah yeah i've been i've been with my partner for like 12 years plus um you know we're very very close she's amazing she's just the best person um on the planet um and you know like we're about settled and agreed upon as as a as a pair could be you know and this is a very long-winded
0: this is a very long-winded answer to a very easy question
1: um (laughs) we're not going to be having kids that's right. for sure um and getting kind of to the point where i i've like let go of myself if that's what you're asking i just don't see that as a possibility you know i think outside of i don't skating, either
0: you just seem <laughs> far too like yeah tunnel vision uh determined to ever i don't see that happening either but i thought i'd throw it out there and see what your response would be
1: outside of skating it's like you know, I like having a good command of my body. I I practice stuff like, you know, I practice yoga. I stretch my body. I stretch my, I go out and play football. Like often, you know, I'm, I'm an active fella. So I just, that's part of like how I move. It's just my body's attuned and conditioned for, for these sorts of things. And long may that be the case. So, you know, I'm, I'm really looking to look after myself. I'm, I'm not going out like that. As as um, you know, Cypress uh, yeah. Hill would say, "I, I didn't think uh, you would be."
0: Um, when when are you going to film another section to uh, a Justin Timberlake song?
1: <laughs> um, well, when <laughs> when Luke Thompson decides to to kind of chop another part for me, yeah, I can't that's believe funny. That's, that's still
0: actually, online. I that's still I, online. It's still online. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, it's a good one that. Do I count that as one of my official parts? That's the question. It's, I think. it's
0: a solo street part. It's online. It's a solo street yeah. part. It's a part.
1: It's one of those ones where when I stumble across it and you're just like, you just have that chuckle. It's just like skating is so ridiculous. And, you know, just that era where um, I can remember quite a lot of what was happening at the time. And, you know, just it's just stupid, you know, and it's funny <laughs> and it's silly. And I um, just love
0: how badly some things age. Like some things you can watch and go, that's still, that still, as you would say, holds weight. And then there's other things you walk by and you go, fucking hell. I remember I used to like be obsessed with this and now I'm watching it now and this is cringe as shit.
1: Yeah. It's just, I think like um, Luke's, Luke had a pretty um, funny handle on my sort of stressings out, basically, you know. So definitely I've, I've had, um, managing stress and getting very intense at the skate spot getting beaten up getting upset Fuck! all of this kind of shit um you know so I, if i remember rightly there's there's some funny shit like that in the section and i think it even starts off with some like me saying like oh yeah like sometimes you just got to be a cunt didn't you or or so, something something like i can't remember i can't, I can't even remember <laughs> because i think he interviewed me at one point for something to do with his college some like i can't you know i've been in front of the camera a lot often not doing like stuff like this you know interviews it's more like skating but i think that was one of the early interviews for like a college thing and then he used did it was you know you were about preparing
0: him for a, a life in porn
1: yeah yeah <laughs> i mean uh yeah obviously luke's pathway you know in terms of post-production went went its root you know and uh you know who knew it would have gone that way for him at that point you know it was all very sure um, sure
0: there's worse things to be involved in um yeah
1: no no i mean power power to him i mean i know i know Lukey's um had a big part of his life formed from everything that come out of there from relationships to job opportunities you know it it just shows you know even you know every industry is actually um that you, you sort of don't know about has its really um productive rich life-changing kind of ends to it you know no pun intended um but uh yeah yeah the, the next section to jt um you know who knows i don't, don't know if i'm going to be putting out any ones that are particularly fun
0: i mean you could you could have just laughed that off and told me to fuck off but yeah
1: um, <laughs> no it's a funny section it's a good one <laughs> i remember that one i know right. what you're talking about
0: right I've always wanted to know. You've put out a lot of VODs over the years. Mm. What's what's the what's the best you've done financially out of a VOD? What's the most money you've made out of a section? Uh, devotion,
1: unequivocally, yeah. Um, what what were we think, talking? Um, I think it's something like it was something like two hundred downloads or something. I actually, I I would have to, you know, my memory is oh, yeah, i'm not
0: asking specifics i mean ballpark
1: yeah it's like it's like two 200 or so kind of thing um you know the revenue from that split was about like a grand each something like that right and we went 50 50 and set in in terms of you know the revenue made from that project um, yeah. uh, i mean it's it's not really
0: pressing that's all right yeah like And and Medina was talking about um, Candy and basically saying they came away with two grand each. I mean, that's for like a full length video. So
1: yeah, these aren't like, you know, life-changing amounts of money. Ultimately, you know, I'm looking at one, two, three camcorders down here on my floor here. One of them is in prime working order. The other one's about 20 years old. And the other one is my first Panasonic they got the absolute shit beaten out of it, making Bank Volume 1 and some of the other projects at the beginning, you know, homage up to homage to the dream um, on the Bank site was the HPX250, but the image stabilization and other internal kind of deft elements of the camera are now not in working order. So essentially, you know, any revenue from like this one, most of that is going to go towards fixing that camera. In, so yeah. then I'm going to have essentially a fleet of panos like ready to go. But That's going to be like, a 700 pound job for that camera to get it fixed. So these aren't like, you know, amounts of money that that are really like significant. It's essentially about keeping sort of the like operation running, basically. Yeah. And, you know, camera costs are at the top of that. You know, the way that we use fisheye cameras, and I've had to rein it in a lot with this, with my current camera, which is an HPX 170. You know, I'm not really filming fisheye as much as I was with the previous one, for instance, because I know that the camera got beaten the shit out of. You know, I was putting the lens and the camera in real danger um, a lot.
0: Don't you? You've still got that, the um, bo century now, don't you? So you're going to want to keep that and you don't want that getting the shit kicked out of it
1: dude, my, my lens that I'm using right now, it's the one specially made for the camera. And, you know, like there isn't getting another one. Yeah. There isn't another one, you know, I I really have to protect that at all costs. And, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, 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 it changed the way that like, I want to film a little bit, I suppose, you know, maybe go longer a lot more and just protect the camera and, know get more from the emotions of my subject so shooting long obviously you're able to do that using your zoom tool, in the face and stuff like that obviously you know stuff like that but you know um yeah revenue is is sort of like for formal projects i think you know there's a point to having a price point to those projects um i think um yes there's a market for that obviously if it, there is a, like a machine that needs a bit of oiling or that needs keeping going a little bit, some people might say travel expenses, some people might say their clothing lines for their platform, stuff like that. For me, really, I would like to do a little bit more maybe stuff with like, you know, some clothes and shit like that, soft goods or whatever. But really, it's just about fixing up these goddamn cameras and, and just keeping the show going in terms of being able to just be out and produce and have different avenues for, for producing stuff. And You know, again, you know, it's like I'm going to be putting out another few um, over the next few weeks that are just going to be um, labors of love for people to enjoy where there's no uh, paywall in front of that. And, you know, I think for certain projects like Scott, I mean, I've got to just say for this project, it's like, you know, Homeboy worked his fucking ass off, you know, for two and a half month or whatever maybe a month and a half, maybe six to eight weeks, just straight up, you know, editing this thing, you know, discussing, synthesizing ideas, things that we'd spoken about, references to like music, references to uh, things that we enjoy about other sorts of pieces of work, skating wise or else, um, you know, and and really just poured his mind and, and everything that he had like into this um, project and really gifted me that it's a personal thing he's like gifted me that so having a little bit of revenue to like kind of offer him and respect the amount of like work and creativity and you know it's a personal thing like you know I went over to spend some time with Scott in Norwich actually go and skate with him and stay with him so we could kind of connect on those frequencies so you'd know what a little bit more about what he was doing with this footage you know it wasn't just like all right he's good at editing let me send him the footage it was like let's 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 have a think about how how this can go and let's let's talk and you know and and hopefully it can get you um just a little token really because again he's he's working I'm working we're working guys it's not fucking life changing money it's like he gifted me with that and so I think it would only be commensurate for me to do the same with him with a little bit of cash. So you yeah. um,
0: know for
1: me to be able to do that
0: you hinted at it so last thing and i know what you're like i know even before one project's finished you've already got your eye on the next one because that's just you're yeah dedicated Mm -hmm. um what's can you give us any hints about what's coming next
1: um well um you know we've closed out this year um i think 2021 should be interpreted with some degree of optimism i think that we can probably look forward to closing the curtain on the sort of corona period the corona era i'm hoping that this year coming year will provide that hope for everybody and so with that um will come a little bit of that burden off the shoulders i think you know like just stuff like seeing my partner, you know, I haven't, I've seen my partner about 10 times this year. Like it's been fucked, you know, beyond description, you know, like the kind of reverberations this whole era has meant and how life has changed. It's it's changed a great deal for me, you know, and um, so I think like looking forward to some of that burden, just releasing a little bit. Um, I think um, things with my family, things with my relationships, things work-wise, just trying to be as good as I possibly can in all of the areas where I have responsibility. And that will allow me to be free and to be um you know as as creative and as focused as I can be with all things skating. So that's gonna come with filming, hopefully traveling. And that's the big thing. It's traveling, you know, like I would have by this point been blessed enough to go away like fucking 10 times, like do like 10 skate tours in a year. I haven't been anywhere this year. It's been the first year in many that I've not been anywhere other than the Netherlands. So I'm certainly looking to get to Japan. I think um, as soon as it's like flying's a thing, it's Japan, I've got a mind of who would, would, would want to come on that trip and be and be part of that. So I think a big kind of tour location-oriented project under bank is is definitely for 2021 corona depending. And other than that, I want to work with um, a couple of people who are dear to my heart, one of them being Neil. Um, And I think it's high time that he pulls his extraordinary drive and mind and vision of skating in London and his like areas of interest into um escape park, and we've spoken about that like a little bit uh, again it's a bit more of like a kind of it's a gift thing it's like look dude you know no one's gonna put a gun to your head it's it's just like before you before the time's gone you know as i was speaking about that urgency there's a degree of urgency that i work with as a proviso for all of this stuff right now and I want to light the fire under some of um you know my peers backsides because i know that they're they're there with me like that you know so definitely just expect all kinds of shit pretty much you know Uh, i'll be i'll be busy in the streets
0: awesome sounds good oh yeah like if it's been like any other year in the past decade i'm sure you'll have a ton of stuff out in 2021 so yeah can't wait to see it thanks man i've had you on here for like three hours now i think i think that's enough interrogation for one oh, night
1: shit, dude. yeah i kind of i had that i had that um jet fuel coffee so um you know i was i was, uh, I was
0: like when you told me you're having a coffee before this i was like he's <laughs> having a coffee at eight o'clock at night that is that is brave
1: well if we're getting into it we're getting into it that's so, true yeah you know, and we I, definitely like,
0: get into it so yeah
1: i really enjoyed it man thanks a lot yeah me too sweet,
0: dude um yeah Have a good one and hopefully bump into you sooner rather than later in person.
1: Yeah, dude, I hope so. Just take it easy, look after and and yeah, just all the best, dude. Happy New Year.
0: You too. Speak soon.
1: Peace, Dave.